Hey there, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Last Minute Continue cast here on Last Minute Continue and on various listening websites that you probably download this from for the month of March. Yeah, March. Yeah, I know. We're only three months into this uh, hell of a year. Ain't it quite a hell of a year 2020 has been? Oh, it's fantastic. It's eventful, certainly with that. <laughs> oh, definitely. And I got an eventful uh, Motley crew here. From the uh, LMC here, of course, quite namely, uh, to reminisce this month. And so far, this whole year, in fact, because it's quite been the year. We have um, Shadow Fox, John, over here. Uh, hi, hi. Still kicking. We have Ian, the random genius. Hello there. And we have Josh Earthheart. Yarg. And uh, yeah, thankfully, these guys are here to join me for this month on this um shall we say very um self uh, you know kind of like isolative kind of like uh, podcast because <laughs> we ha- we are in the midst of this um so- social dis- uh, distancing slash lockdown that is uh part of the covid19 um pandemic that has been uh that actually started a wee while longer but it's only gone into full-on pandemic pandemic proportions uh in the last well this month alone this march yeah pretty much uh, so yeah we're almost just the last week even well yeah it it kind of started spreading across lower europe at the start of the month and i know but 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 the whole lockdown situation has only pretty much come into effect over the course of the past week or so it's pretty much been very for, rapid for fire. us in this country, yeah. certainly. Yes. Yeah, yes. Right. for uh, us in the UK, we're all UK ba- uh, bound here, and uh, we've just only just started our lockdown and whatnot. Although and... I, I will say there was a lot of um, I, I was somewhat lucky to be travelling at the end of last month, beginning of this month, and they were really, really tight on checking people. Mm. Mm. I, I, I do know that uh, it's been quite tight on the kind of like travelling front. Uh, I've still got a friend uh, of mine who is still, uh, I believe they're still out of the country uh, and they're hopefully getting it, getting back into the country now, I think, uh, at, uh, by the time of this recording or by the time this recording goes out and hopefully they'll be safe uh, back at home and whatnot. Um, because frankly, uh, I fear for all those people who are UK residents who are still out of the country and have been completely uh, clueless of what's been going on. And whatnot, and uh, if they ever try to get back uh, home, they'll be dumbfounded by what's been happening and kind of like left stranded. I fear for all those people. So if you are uh, listening to this and you have your fears and you have your doubts and whatnot, it's just a simple case of just uh, you know stay safe, do the whole washing your hands thing, wash your hands for about uh, what was what what's the time frame? Twenty, 20, 20, 20, 20 to thirty seconds. Tw- twenty seconds every twenty, uh, you know, just full twenty seconds of rubbing your hands. <laughs> wash your hands every twenty seconds. <laughs> wash your hands every twenty seconds. That'll definitely. I was gonna, I was gonna say. I mean, I, I kind of wash my hands uh, like almost every, you know, every time I go to the, uh, the toilet or prepping food and whatnot. So I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> well, they, they I'm always clean now, even just like when you've been outside and get back into your house, oh, immediately absolutely. wash your hands. Yeah. I, 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 I had to do some shopping or our milk or our cheese or our butter. We've got some bread stuff as well. And it's like, come in, 
uh, I use a key fob to get into the house, so it's literally wash my hands first, make sure they're all clean, then washing the fob, and then washing my face as well, just to, you know, after everything's been fully scrubbed, just to make sure that... Because I wear glasses, so I have to wash my glasses as well. And of course, the the, the need to just adjust glasses during this time... Yeah, yeah it's, 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 really, annoying. it's really annoying. <laughs> so it's just a case of, I need to push my glasses up, because otherwise they're going to fall over. Mm. Elbow so, yeah, time! So... <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, oh god, that so wash, so, no so hands, so <laughs> yeah, yeah, hands, but... face, and everything. Any anything that might that comes into contact. I went one one step ahead earlier today when I came back uh, from the shops while being on the bike. I had like uh, almost like three bags tied to my back uh, of shopping and whatnot. Hmm. Came back in, took a shower. <laughs> it's like I went overboard on the whole thing. It's like just scrubbing my face and whatnot. Um, I I would love to. Our drain's bloody block. It's blocked right now, so <laughs> it's like limited shower. I, <laughs> oh um, dear. I, um. I'm actually one of those people who I'm not quite being astringent, but that's because I, uh, according to my doctor, may already be fairly immune. But to be fair, they have pointed out that actually, it could become this could become a bigger problem in where people have been sanitizing too heavily and then it stops their immune systems working as efficiently and so when this is when people start trying to return to normality it can actually cause more problems so yes definitely wash your hands they're just just good habit there is a point where maybe you start it's more for people that like using hand sanitizer every 20 minutes and well the sanitizer doesn't do anything anyway no because uh, it's, it's it's a viral infection it's not bacteria so it's it helps, but it's not the be all or anything. No, the, the, the virus is contained in a fatty cell around it, which dissolves when applied to soap. So, yeah, so all those people who are stealing hand sanitizer, you're, you're doing nothing to yourself. You're just. The heavy, heavy alcohol based ones do do a little bit better. I can't use those because. <laughs> Reasons. Mm. Irritation. Uh, worse than irritation. Anyway, that's well. that's not the point of MMC cast. The point is, be safe. We want you to listen to the next month's episode as well. Indeed. Oh yeah, aye, because uh, yes. there's there's plenty going on in the next uh, few months in all all the sorts of the media. Because frankly, this this uh, month alone was chock full of uh, media kind of like a digestive kind of like uh, you know things. Uh, basically. Uh, this month alone, I watched more Netflix than I had last month. I th- I feel anyway, um, and even uh, in the gaming front, uh, you know, it was quite in- inundated with uh, releases that were, you know, uh, very heavy. You know, uh, kind of like wanting to be played. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm really, I've lost words. I don't know how to do words here. Um, I didn't really actually so... look up what games came out in the last month. <laughs> but uh, regardless, let's get started with uh, what we've been watching, what have we been seeing in the month of uh, March. Uh, for myself, uh, like I said, I've been watching a lot of Netflix and there was actually a couple of series that have been up on Netflix that... Uh, um, either have come out with new seasons or brand new to the service or uh, what have you. And uh, a couple of that I've uh, wanted to point out here, I don't know if any of you guys have uh, seen any of them. Um, Castlevania had its new season uh, up, season three, with uh, season four is actually 
gonna be coming out fairly soon afterwards. It was, yeah, I, I saw a tweet about that about how season four is already in production. I don't know how far through it That's is. That's interesting. Um, I must admit, I'm half uh, sorry about a quarter of the way through season three at the minute. Um, I I've not touched season three yet. I I did watch the first two seasons though, so mm. I have not watched any of it as I don't have Netflix. Yay! <laughs> That's fine. Other yeah. streaming it... services are available, which we'll get to later. Yeah. Mm. I'm sure we will. Yes. Um, but yeah, I mean, season three, uh, I've watched uh, the whole thing and whatnot, and it is, uh, to less of a less of a better word, it is a filler um, kind of like season, I believe, because it's trying to establish a new story arc for uh, all the characters that, well, essentially survived um the second season essentially and it's trying to obviously uh build up those characters again with uh, their own arcs and whatnot there was like five five different stories in the this in this uh season you had to um what was it uh uh what was it so you... alucard uh, well alucard uh, at um uh, dracula's castle mm-hmm. and whatnot and uh, staying there at the end of season two, uh, you had um, uh, Belmont and uh, uh, Cipher uh, going on, on their uh, new journey. Essentially, uh, you had uh, uh, what's what's his face um, who got trapped in the des- desert. Is um, it uh, Isaac? Isaac, yes. All right. And then you had uh, the other half of that uh, duo uh, who got kind of like taken by the the vampire uh, sisters yeah it was uh, yeah. camilla wasn't it were they were they called were they the blacksmiths yes they were like, the uh, they? the demon forgers the demon yes. forgers that was it i can remember the i can remember the exact term they used mm-hmm. and um th- pretty much uh, it was like those four char- uh, kind of like four arcs uh, intertwined with also new characters as well um that uh Try, uh, try to have some kind of like, you know, semblance of uh, kind of like, you know, of some kind of like uh, big crescendo, big crescendo kind of like ending to uh, the end of the season. However, it is what it is. It is a filler arc. It's trying to, um, you know, give these all these characters from season two a new kind of like uh, progression. Uh, going into the next season and that's how they've just announced season four is that that's got to continue on so you can s- say season four is season three part two uh, to to a certain degree i think well, i think that's how uh, the case. how many episodes how many episodes was season three uh i think it was 12 that's a lot oh, actually, okay. uh, yeah, that's actually considering that season one was four and season two was eight i might be wrong it's like it it, uh, it could be eight again hmm. um but but um, no, I mean, uh, granted, I binged the whole thing. So going I, going I mean, through it, it and it is a very well made series. And right. I won't, I won't try, I won't spoil um, like uh, the rest of the se- uh, season for you, uh, Ian. But uh, yeah, the last two or three episodes, my God, they are intense. Uh, right. Ten intense episodes in one. all. Oh, yeah. ten episodes. Yeah, ten episodes. Okay, so that's not too bad. Um, so yeah, uh, those last couple of episodes, those are really intense mm. uh, to get go through. Like so, so much is going on for it. It's like a whole mixture 
and it's it's correlating with all the storylines that was being built up through those uh, episodes. So, it's... Um, but no, I would I would still say uh, check it out and get yourself ready for season four whenever that comes. Yeah, I mean it's certainly an interesting way of doing it because the end of season two, if you don't know what Castlevania is, basically heroes defeat Dracula. That's the entire thing. That's essentially yeah. essentially it. <laughs> Um, I, 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 I try to remember. I think at the bit, at the end of the first game, they even had like the credits were a, a parody of the Bram. Yes, Bram basically Dracula, the, the first one. Basically, all the credits were parodies of famous uh, horror movie actors. So yes, so to... it, think of think of Castlevania as a more sort of actiony Dracula story. That isn't the BBC's Dracula from New Year's. <laughs> Um, but yes, the, the weird thing, the sort of thing that surprised me the most was the fact that they were carrying on with Trevor and Cypher. Because, um, for those that know, Series 1 and Series 2 of Castlevania are loosely based on the game Castlevania 3 Dracula's Curse. Yeah, and that's correct. So, effectively, when Dracula's defeated, that's the end of the game. Where do we go from there? And, logically, you would assume that you'd go into another part of the game series, so you may gump, jump into, say, Simon Belmont, which is the first two Castlevania games, or you might go to Richer, which is Rondo of Blood um, onwards, or... Uh, Castlevania is a generational story exactly. of vampire hunters. It's not the same people. So the, yeah. Um, so the fact that they... I, I, would, th I would think that um, because... What was it? I believe uh, in the games... Three is a prequel to one and two. Indeed, it is. Yes. Um, so I would think that they would continue on uh, eventually, because that's 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 the thing with some of these adaptations. They want to adapt the games, and then after they've adapted uh, the original source material, they want to take it in another direction afterwards. And you see that with anime, which, by the way, we'll get to an anime soon enough in in this uh, podcast. Um, they'll deviate from the original source material with, you know, other storylines. Uh, well, best example for me, personally, is uh, Dragon Ball Z. Because in Dragon Ball Z, uh, the the arc, the filler arc between uh, the Namak saga, well, the Frieza saga and the Cell saga, which was the Garlic Jr. saga, uh, that, was, that was something to kind of like fill up time and whatnot between those kind of major arcs. Um, and that that's essentially going to be the same with um, Castlevania, um, uh, you know, for the, for these coming arcs. Although, with this case, they're going to try to you know flesh it out a, a little bit more and actually build upon what uh, what's happened in the seasons and just work as you know an animation show rather than being you know fully kind of like tied to the games in so, uh, so, some way. So if you're if for those people out there who are look, waiting for a Castlevania Symphony of the Night adaptation in this series, don't hold your breath. Unless it runs on for like 14 odd seasons, <laughs> then you might start to see some of the other games come into it. <laughs> well, there's, the, none of the games are particularly in chronological order per se, like um, Turbo said. For the third one is a prequel to the first two, and a lot of the later entries jump about the history as far as I'm aware. Yeah, mm. um... I'm, I'm sure out there you can find a timeline. There is a of... definitive timeline of how everything fits together, because uh, I've seen it, 
and it's just ridiculous. It's just sort of. It's it can't be any worse than the Zelda timeline. No, no, true, that even... true. Nothing's as complicated as the Zelda timeline. No. But personally, from a selfish point of view, I would love them to try and do an adaptation of uh, Iris Sorrow and Dawn of Sorrow in this, because I think that would work really well. But that's just me from a selfish point of view of being a fan of Castlevania games. Oh, well. But, uh, well, obviously, if you're back again next month, we'll get your final thoughts on the, the series uh, uh, for that. True. Uh, but speaking of uh, getting your final thoughts on uh, things, last month, obviously, I was talking about the Sonic movie and whatnot. Ian, you w- uh, watched it, I believe. Yes, yes, I did actually get around to, um, to, to watching it. And yes, due to... So what was your final thoughts on that? My final thoughts? It's fine. It's not outstanding. It's not sort of the the best thing ever. But similarly, it's a good, it's a good family movie. It's solid. It's got good set pieces. It's the beats are hit at the right places. Um, ben Schwartz is that his name? Um, uh, the voice actor of Sonic. Yeah, Sonic's VA. Um, yeah, he d- does a really good job of bringing a new dimension to the same character that we know from so many other VAs in the past Brian Drummond, uh, Roger Craig Smith um, Jill White all those people and it's nice to sort of hear a refreshing take of it rather than just sort of being oh this is a mimic of X or a mimic of Y um, similar props again go to Jim Carrey for again another interpretation of Eggman just like Robotnik that again seems unique I mean I've yet to actually find an interpretation of Robotnik that has not been good. Uh, I mean, you've got the game versions, Dean Bristow and Mike Pollock. You have the animated versions, um, Long John Broadley and Jim Cummings. They're Heck, even the English uh, dub of the Sonic the Hedgehog at OVA is a really good Eggman in that mm. one. Uh, Eggman is a character who he, he follows the symbols of villainy. Mm. Mm-hmm. So. Interestingly, um, I, I did chat about this with someone at work, and they came when I when they were talking about it. They said it's weird that they got someone who's like Jim Carrey to play Eggman, and they're like, "No, it is Jim Carrey." And he's like, "But he didn't act like Jim Carrey." Uh, what's your I, thoughts on that one? Let me go by the trailers. It seems like he's the most Jim Carrey he's <laughs> ever been. Um, yeah, I don't know where. I don't know who they were looking at when think, watching the I, film. I think they were expecting him to go much more off the wall. Yeah. But I was going to say, he, you, you can't expect him to be what he was like 20 years ago. No. Because he was a lot younger back then. He's now in his 50s. But I, I think the way he did it actually made sense in terms of the, the way of the, the plot of the movie was the fact that we all know Robotnik Eggman as this big bombastic figure and yeah, he uh, in the movie he's portrayed as very different, very sort of cold, calculating, slightly eccentric, but yeah. But then that slowly evolves as time goes on. And, but so it's kind of like you're seeing like an old, one of the old animated shows turning into Sonic Boom <laughs> or something. Um, yeah, but I mean, it's it's a fine movie. It's personally, it's not the best video game movie adaptation I've seen. It's certainly not the worst. It's fine as a movie by itself. Um, I did feel as though it dragged on a little bit. There were some bits that didn't quite work as ex- as I'd expected, but there was a lot of nice nods to uh, to the Sonic community as well. So I mean, there are 
Sonic games, that's what I meant. Um, but the fact that they also had um, nice little in-jokes such as the... Uh, in-jokes, in but in-references such as um, Hyper Potions. It was nice to hear a little bit of that in the uh, intro of the film. Oh, that's nice, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's perfectly serviceable, it's a perfectly fine film. Um, you kind of average summer kind of yeah, yeah, filler, yeah, your, your or holiday filler. Your typical thing, but with a bit more heart to it. Um, I have to say the end credit scene did maybe go. How did they manage to get uh, sort of was a case of sort of how did they manage to get that and that was perfect uh, sort of perfect uh, setup. I'm not going to spoil it in case people haven't seen it, but yeah, it's a case of. I think I've had that part spoiled for me definitely. <laughs> well, it's it's kind of difficult to try to not get spoiled now after like a month. Oh god, yeah. Been... Uh, yeah. I'm not I'm not that bothered. It was. I will say that I did watch a very nice interview with Jim Carrey on how he wanted to portray Eggman and actually his memories of, I think, when his kids played the original Sonic and him watching playing it and stuff. So it's it's obviously something that he actually um, has some respect for as well. Right. Well, uh, with that, yeah. So with all all that... um... Let's go back to what happened to this month. Uh, this month, uh, another series uh, on Netflix I want to talk about. Uh, that uh, now we all ha- we all know uh, a guy from our summer Sonic. Well, both Sonic community and summer Sonic days uh, being out of uh, El- Elson Wong. Oh yes, everyone remember him. Oh yeah, yeah. Obviously, if you follow Elson on Twitter, you'll obviously be seeing him tweeting about this show constantly like for forever and a day is essentially uh going on about this show and obviously you know some people would go oh can he just stop talking about this and whatnot he's it's just getting on the nerves and whatnot let's just say he's got a reason to be uh talking so highly about uh this one show this one uh franchise i'm, I'm gonna call it a franchise because i feel so it can make some kind of like uh you know big name for itself down the line um where um well it's essentially what if the human world uh, what if the human race wasn't uh, there and it was all replaced by animals uh <laughs> and uh, uh. <laughs> yeah it's uh this new series it finally just uh, got its official uh, english dub release on netflix uh called b stars and I'll definitely say the sur- the show is a very good show, and I I did have my dismays at first because of its art style because I've watched anime uh, because this this isn't uh, done by an anime studio and whatnot. However, it's primarily three D CG, and three D CG anime tends to be very miss most of the time see the most recent berserk series um that's on various streaming sites uh, i think it's on crunchyroll i think if it's uh, anime and it's streaming the general rule is it's probably on crunchyroll <laughs> somewhere but, yeah i right, nor- normally it's crunchyroll or funimation and whatnot but this time this one has been available on um Netflix and exclusive, you know, got exclusive streaming on uh, Netflix, and yeah, 
the 3D animation was obviously the main deterrent from myself. But then looking at it, looking at it closely, and then comparing it to something like Berserk and whatnot, where Berserk is obviously something completely different, like in terms of uh, like uh, st- uh, like um, context and style and whatnot. B Stars actually makes it better looking, the style of 3D anime, uh, 3D anime and whatnot. Um, not to say not not to say that it just is solely 3D anime. Uh, it does try to be creative in certain aspects, and more so, it be it becomes creative with its intro of all things. Because I saw the, I don't know if anyone's seen the intro um, for the series not yet, at all. No, no I think the whole, the whole series is on my to watch list, so yeah, I'm not, and I've not actually here. touched it yet. But everyone, you th- you kind of think of uh, you know your typical anime intro it's like um full-on large cuts uh, like speed lines kind of like uh you know happy-go-lucky kind of like uh music and whatnot and uh whatever but this time around the anime opening for this series is claymation really oh. and now i'm suddenly interested <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's so it's like it's or well uh, i say claymation it's like stop motion kind of like uh so it's like um, obviously the the character models and whatnot are all kind of like furry, kind of like stop motion toy kind of like, and they're proper kind of like moving, you know, kind of like parts. It's 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 like a, an Ardman kind of like uh, production almost. Mm. I, I now it's just have in, this image. It's just done by a Japanese studio. I now have this image of um, the intro of Beastars, but instead of the animals, it's just Wallace. <laughs> it's Wallace and Gromit da- dancing because that's what happens eventually it, it, it's, it starts off moody and dark and whatnot um, and it's uh, the wolf character Lugosi uh, kind of like stalking the, uh, the rabbit character Haru I believe her name is and um, it's uh, very st- <laughs> yeah aye, and it's very stylistic and dark and whatnot and then it brightens up and then suddenly they do a little dance number uh, around a fountain and then it gets dark again um uh it's so it is uh, just if you want to go and just see that opening animation for b stars by all means crack on it's one of the best anime openings i've seen because it tries to be something different by using a different animation style that is pretty much no longer being used that often other than by Studio Ardman. It's um, sadly more expensive than doing a lot of other stuff. It is expensive. It, it is expensive. It is. It's time consuming stop, and whatnot. But, but if you just use it sparingly and have it in a creative way at one point at, during any project like that, it's it goes a fair bit, you know. Uh, a lot of those techniques are still actually used in the initial setup. A lot of um, animation studios still use 3D plasticine or clay models as the base for what they then scan in and then manipulate on the computer. So, Oh yeah, because you, you've seen that in the gaming industry a heck of a lot yourself. Not, not as much in the games industry. It's mostly animation more than the games industry because uh, with the games industry there tends to be you have to have a lot more control over the moving parts. Certainly some do, um, but it's mm. not as common. Um, interestingly, I do actually vaguely know this series, but not via the um, anime. I know it via the manga, which I got mm. the first book, I think, for free from like a 
blind bag from like an MCM Comic Con thing. Uh, that's cool. Wow. That's nice. Uh, I thought I'd look up how old the uh, manga is, and actually, it's not that old. It's only 2016. That's pretty. Yeah. Recent. Well, granted, most of, most of these uh, anime adaptations are adapted quite quickly. Like it's com- you know it's completely given the green light, uh, depending on its. Uh, uh, on its uh, kind of like audience in the manga industry and whatnot, nine times out of ten, they do tend to get an adam- uh, anime adaptation quite quickly. Uh, I think it's got to strike while the iron's hot, and I imagine in the style of like the 3D, uh, like model posing that way, is a little bit easier than getting a whole lot of 2D drawn, or at least for well, speed. Well, uh, you say that, but in this series, there's 3D animation, there's 2D animation. And then there's even very creative 2D animation. There, there's this uh, one dream sequence with Haru where she's kind of like going through a, you know, like uh, like everything's kind of like underwater kind of like um, kind of like style. And the, 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 the effects for the water and whatnot is very creative and very fluid and whatnot. So it has so many different styles in its animation. Uh, it's it's it, it, well, I just find it to be mesmerizing at times. Um, the character and the kind of like uh, story arc for uh, this season, because apparently there will be a season two, um, doesn't revolve around what happens in the first episode. Essentially, it is just setting up the characters and get having. It's basically relationships with animals, essentially, uh, because Lagosu, who is this uh, uh, wolf. Uh, at this school is part of the drama uh, drama team and he's part of the kind of like ring crew <laughs> I say ring crew and it sounds like he's uh, in a wrestling ring. Um, no it's uh, he's kind of like the the light crew and whatnot you know so like stage stage hands oh yeah uh, techie yeah yeah mm. and um, uh, he s- suddenly ha- after an altercation with his kind of like primal instincts, with a uh, a white rabbit named uh, Haru, uh, where he almost attacks and kills her, uh, based on his instincts. But eventually, he he's able to control his instincts and whatnot, uh, and uh, you know tries to befriend her. And and it's the awkward kind of like you know, um, it, I wouldn't I wouldn't say the won't will they won't they kind of like uh, mentality no it's more of a case of like uh lugosi trying to understand because he's you know he's like what is he, he's like 17 so he's at that age where he's like you know he's questioning so what's this feeling that i'm seeing inside and whatnot and uh you know it's basically that kind of like storyline uh for the whole series and it has a little you know moments of like uh, tension uh for uh there's the 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 in this world of animals and whatnot you got the the herbivores and uh carnivores uh being segregated and whatnot and um you know it's 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 that kind of like you know the typical kind of like uh storyline that you've seen in various other animes uh animations yeah, I'm, I'm, and stuff like that where it's like uh, it, like for I think it's Zootopia. I think, yeah. Yes, I'm, I think I, Zootopia. Well. Yeah, I, that's the perfect example. I was going to go with X-Men, but uh, with the mutant stu- uh, stuff and whatnot. But no, Zootopia is definitely the perfect example. Um, it's just, uh, it's a lot more d- adult. This is the adult version of Zootopia because it is more <laughs> um, violent and um, primal, essentially. 
uh, with its kind of like material, and it works. It it did work, and they had the right anim- uh, They had uh, um, a interesting animation uh, team working on it. So yeah, I I say give it a shot. I mean, uh, Elson kept on banging on about it, and it's like I I thought I'd give it a shot uh, when it gets officially released. And by God, I actually did enjoy it. So they're still technically producing the manga, as well as obviously the TV show. So we'll see how far yeah. it goes. There are the yeah. seventeen volumes of the manga so far. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. I'm hurt. sure they'll uh, obviously keep going. Um, I know that certain series are still going to this day, to this day, both with the anime and with the manga. Yes. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so um, uh, that's my thought. I, obviously, none of you guys have seen it, but. I would definitely at least, uh, if if you can't watch the official stuff, Elson uh, Wong put out uh, two episodes of a fan dub um, up online, and of course you can't find them via like streaming services. There's like a uh, a Google Doc of uh, the two episodes that he's linked on his Twitter. So if you go onto his Twitter and you can check him out. And granted, comparing that to the official one. Really, in all honesty, the official one has its, you know, strength in it. Uh, mainly, uh, both, more so more so with uh, who they casted as Haru uh, in um, uh, in the anime with, um, what was it, the same voice actress as uh, uh, Kari from Digimon? Oh, yeah, I had mention of that. Yeah, so, and I was like, my god she hasn't changed at all it's like you know like 20 years on and she still has that you know kind of like te- uh, uh, cadence in her voice but she makes her sound she obviously is sounding older and whatnot and more mature and whatnot so um but no uh i i would say if you haven't if you can't watch the official official kind of like uh you know uh version on netflix at least check out the two fan dubs of the first two episodes done by Elson and his team of uh, voice, uh, you know, amateur voice actors and whatnot. It's worth a shot. I at least want to go see the intro now, so. Mm. Yeah, I <laughs> definitely definitely see that intro. Um, so, uh, I, I there has been so much that I uh, uh, talked about on for Netflix and whatnot. I'm gonna talk about one quick show, one last quick show before we uh, hand it over to everyone else and whatnot. Um, there is uh, another show that was on Netflix that's uh, only about nine episodes long. It was originally going to be an, uh, a Nickelodeon show, but for some bizarre reason, it hasn't. I don't think it's even been shown on Nickelodeon at all in any case whatsoever. Just with uh, uh, like the the problem with Nickelodeon is that if it's not SpongeBob, it's worth Jack. Um, so or turtles, <laughs> or turtles, mm. yeah. Uh, so with uh, this show here uh, called Glitch Text, it was interesting uh, because it is one of those video game. It's one of those video game reference shows that obviously doesn't take any pre-existing kind of like video game material and whatnot. They just create their own or to create like spin-offs of that uh, material uh, and work around a story where. Um, when a glitch happens in a game, they become kind of like uh, part of reality. So it's now up to these uh, 
cra uh, these kind of like uh, computer game Ghostbusters, um, uh, t uh, taking care of these glitches and then writing the wrongs and then or actually better yet they're like the video game uh, version of Men in Black, uh, <laughs> because they also like have to wipe the memories of uh, the uh, the people who've witnessed these glitches run havoc and whatnot. Um, but uh, no, it's it's actually quite a fun series. Uh, there are moments that are kind of annoying where you get like the typical, you know, uh, re referential video game stuff that references the in now kind of like video game stuff. So obviously you gotta have a couple of uh, Fortnite things in there, obviously for the kitties. Pay to win. And, uh, <laughs> well, well, it's it's not that. It's more of a case of like, uh, it's you know, kind of like celebratory kind of like stuff. It's it's kind of like sort of us sort of going, ah, yes, your princess is in another castle, hey, hey. Yeah, it's, it's like that essentially. Um, but other than that, it's it's charming. It's fun. I it's some something uh, good. And I I just saw a tweet not too long ago uh, where someone actually recommended the show. For people who just got disappointed off uh, the finale of Steven Universe uh, just happening just now. Uh, so, And I would say, yeah, it's a good replacement. Uh, or it's a good show to kind of like, um, you know, uh, give a shot uh, if you've been upset with the ending of uh, Steven Universe. I didn't think it was that bad. <laughs> yeah. But, I, mean, well, I, can actually, I mean, I can actually talk about that one. <laughs> by all means. The floor is yours because I'm done with my uh, stuff. Well, fair enough. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, well, Steven Universe, that uh, finished uh, literally last night, I believe. They did the last, um, I think they did the last four, four episodes, but I think the first of the four episodes was released, like, two days ago, or leaked two days ago or something. Um, but no, as so, I like, obviously, Steven Universe, the original show, I can't, I don't know exactly how many seasons it went on for exactly, I, I can't remember how many episodes it was per season, but they had all that, they had the movie... And it all kind of closed off pretty much most of the things rather well, and uh, but it got one. Of the, it got something that I actually would like to see more shows kind of do in that kind of like getting like an epilogue season, like the unanswered questions, the kind of what happens next, the kind of you know the, what what does the hero do once they've saved the day. Well, I've had I've had that with a couple of anime actually uh, myself. Like, um, one uh, it's not an action anime, but it's like a, a slice of life kind of like s sort of kind of like romance kind of like uh, anime called Clanad. And then uh, after the initial run of Clanad episodes were done, they did a follow up series called Clanad After Story, which it pretty much takes place right after what happened. Um, at the end of the, uh, the first series, so you know, so you get that sometimes yeah. as well. But no, yeah. it's there's there, there there needs to be if there's like uh, anime or a te television series that has an ongoing story and has then then this big epic kind of like a crescendo of an ending to that story. There should be like you know, th there's always the opportunity of having a what happens after what happens after the end, you know. Yeah, like, like, what do they continue to do? And, I mean, it, it, it pretty much, like, so Stephen University Future is pretty much a lot of 
that it's like well what about all those old villains that kind of we never saw again what about this how did like did these people did the people he saved did they actually keep to their word and follow up and of course you know it's a kid's show yes they did everyone's kind of a couple of villains sort of came back and Relaxed. But it's like it, 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 well, one thing you didn't necessarily say, but yes, it was all kind of like it's all that, and then of course, but it's it's all kind of like to do with like Stephen, like you know, he's been this goody two shoes helper person. Like, well, what what does he do when there's no one to help, and he has to actually look in at himself and see what does he want to do? And he, of course, it's his it's his like, um, it's it's his finding himself story. It's like, well, what do I want to do? Because I spent my entire life helping people, and people don't need my help anymore. And I'm also like evolving with my powers, and it's basically about him struggling with the powers that he's got, and avoiding hurting people because he's actually. It's and it's to do with his, it's just his mental. It's to do with his mental health as well, and it's like and you find out like all the stuff that that happens to him, like all the goofy things that happen to him. Like in the first season, that you think like, oh, it's just cartoon logic. Of course, he gets squashed by this, and like he smacks his head and he's fine. And it's like, well, actually, no, that was all happening. He was breaking his bones and they were repairing. He's gone through a lot of like trauma, <laughs> this guy. And it's like, well, how do you deal with that? And it's, you know, it's all kind of like family and friendly, like rely on your friends, rely on your family, talk to people, don't hold it in. It's, but it's like, it, as an ending went, it was good. It, 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 kind of, it does tie it all up in a bow. It's, you know, it's like that he's done with this story he's moving on to the next part of his life and whatever happens in that we don't we don't know but i'm sure that it'll be how it'll be good and all that it, it's a it's a it's a sad it's a it's a mostly satisfying ending there are still some unanswered questions as they usually are with these kind of things like what was in that box in episode 75 <laughs> that was that was that was hinted at but never actually <laughs> the answer, it was Stephen's lunch. <laughs> Could very possibly be. Is that, it's, sound, it, it's sounding like a WWE's booking decision sometimes. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, it's a good, it's, it's nice and short, like I say. It's, ten, it's only 10 episodes, and it's like the American, like, 11 minute episodes. So, you've got, like, it's short it's, and quick to go through, but it kind of really does round it all up quite nicely. Yeah, that was that cool. was one of the things I ended up watching. Uh, what's the other one? Uh, yeah, also finished. Oh, speaking of uh, interesting things like that, and on a different uh, streaming service, this one, Channel Four. Ah. So, so in the so at least in the UK, um, Channel Four has the rights for streaming all of the Adult Swim content. So, and it's also for free. As long as you don't mind the adverts, <laughs> and you so, have a TV so license. <laughs> yes, you actually don't need a TV license for Channel Four. Uh, I looked at it. Mm. <laughs> no, no. I if if you're watching it live, yes, you do. But yeah. if you're watching the, if you're watching their their uh, streaming services, I actually checked to see if it was allowed. If you're in the UK and you don't have a license, you can watch the Channel Four uh, library. The TV licensing doesn't agree with you there. I'll tell you that now. <laughs> BBC, BB, BBC, you definitely can't. No. BBC, you do need a license. Channel Four is a little. It's, I don't know. I think I think they because they like, they have they run adverts, 
yes. for everything as well. Yeah, so. but I think Channel 4 is also partly public funded as well. But I, I don't think it's this is the time nor the place to get into TV politics. What I will say is I read through their terms and conditions of watching and it, it, I was, it, everything's legal. It's fine. Anyway, what's the other thing you've been watching? Oh, it's uh, Venture Brothers, which is... It's been going on for a while. They kind of come out with a new season every years. couple of years. I remember Venture Brothers about ten years ago. Yeah, so they did season seven a year ago, and season eight is in the works. Maybe this year, maybe next year it comes out. But again, it's sort of the the idea of the story is it. So you know all those kids shows you used to watch with the with like the boy adventurers. Yeah, like Johnny Quest. Mm. Johnny Quest, exactly. What happens when that person grows up? Can mm. they can they function in the real world? The answer is generally no. <laughs> they cannot function in the real world. They become bitter or jaded. And if you can see the show how it starts off with, with kind of like this kind of thing going on, you follow you follow Rusty Venture, who is now known as Doctor Venture. He was he was a boy adventurer, and his dad was a super scientist, and now he's grown up and is basically a terrible super scientist and a terrible dad because he's doing all the same things that his dad did to his his dad to him to his children and he's just a barely functional like human being he's selfish he's uh vain he's all these kind of things but then as the show but there's a whole the whole balance of like good it's a, it's a balance of good and evil so you've got the guild of calamitous intent and you've got the office of secret intelligence it's like it's basically like mi6 and specter from james bond you kind of but in a cartoony style it's just people who live the lifestyle of a supervillain and they keep kind of balance to the world or balance to all these things. And as time goes on, it kind of evolves into more as like, well, what's been happening with the families and the guild and all this? How did it all begin? And you've got the, all these organisations. It, it's, you get, it's, it's watching these characters evolve and tr- watching them kind of break free of the moulds and all these things. Like, there's, like, I can't... I'm trying to think of how I can, like, explain it all properly, but <laughs> it's a bit of a... There's, a... there's a lot that goes it's on. It's kind of like... Well, so basically, what you're saying is that this is kind of like Steven Universe Future, but when it goes <laughs> wrong. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, yeah. So if... if Steve, yeah, Steven's a good guy, and he grows up, uh, but he becomes a bit jaded, and... Uh, all the other gems form a secret evil alliance. It's like there's there's a lot of like superhero like you got there's a lot of Marvel influence, a lot of uh, Justice League influence, and all these other Watchmen influences. You you will see them all there. It's it's all great as a laugh, but yeah, it's it's also very much like character driven and the relationships they have. And it's yeah coming out. I think new season coming out end of this year, beginning of next, hopefully. Mm. Yeah, definitely something to check out along with all the other Adult Swim stuff that's on there, like Primal's on there. I haven't watched that yet, but that's going to be on my watch list. Well, I do know the fact that when I last checked, Samurai Jack was on the All 4 service. Yeah, there's quite yes, a few adverts for that when I was in Boston, actually. Yeah, mm. again, that's, that's an Adult Swim thing as well now. Mm. <laughs> oh, true. Uh, I mean, I, I have the entire D, uh, series on Blu-ray myself, because uh, I'm a big fan of fa- Samurai Jack. Uh, and whatnot, and uh, uh, it'll uh, there's actually gonna be a new game of that coming out soon. Oh, actually, that uh, might be what was advertised with the game. <laughs> yeah, but. aye. So, but uh, no, is that 
yourself, John? Is that all you've been seeing? Uh, the last thing I watched is uh, Picard. I don't know if anyone else here watched Picard. Uh, Picard. I, that's on my to-watch list. I was a huge fan of Next Generation when I was young, so I'm kind of interested to see what they do with that. But okay, yeah, it's on my to-watch. I was kind of on and off with uh, uh, with Star Trek, really. And honestly, I'm not. I'm not like a full Trekkie. But, uh, I, I, I'll say I'm. I'm one of the people who's not necessarily. I wouldn't say I'm qualified to properly review Picard. Like I've. I watched. Uh, a fair bit of the original series. I've watched all of the Next Generation at least once. I've dabbled in Enterprise and Voyager and Deep Space Nine, but I'm, I wouldn't. I would be. I wouldn't call myself a Trekkie in any sense of word. And as a non-Trekkie but still Star Trek enjoyer, I would definitely say that there is some enjoyment to be had here. But there's also a lot of things that are wrong, and I would say unfaithful to the original to the original series. And if you want to talk about like final episodes that are a bit like, mm, yes, I've actually seen quite a few tweets about that today. Mm, yes, <laughs> it's, it's one of those ones where it's like, oh, you can see what's going to happen here. Oh, it's happened. Oh, we're meant to be sad. Oh, we're meant to be sad. Of course, yes, yes, yes. Oh, look at that. Everything, whatever. It's so yeah. You you you'll see it coming a mile away. It doesn't have the nuance, basically. It's sort of more of a sledgehammer approach. A bit, yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I, we might see if we can get a, I don't know, say Phil or Pete in here because I know Pete's been watching it. Phil's watching it, and Phil is a big. I mean, Phil, Phil probably is the qualified Trekkie. Yes, I would say yeah. Phil is the qualified Trekkie, so it, I'm happy to talk about it again. But I would have to defer to Phil for most of the. Uh, most of the re- re- review. <laughs> yeah, so that was on Amazon Prime. So that's another streaming service. Yay! Yay! <laughs> um, anything else uh, you guys have seen at all? Well, I want to talk about another streaming service. Yay! <laughs> um, Disney Plus, because that actually launched this month over here in the UK. It oh did. yeah, of course. And for cheap or something, didn't it? Yeah, basically, if you signed up before it was officially released, you got an entire month's uh, time month, entire year subscription for, I think it was sixty pounds, and then it went up. To well, it was originally sixty pounds, but it's fifty quid. It was fifty quid for pre-sign up. Oh yeah, sorry, that's what I mean. Fifty ah, to sixty, sorry, not sixty to seventy. But yeah, I'm, I'm I'm thinking about getting that, but I think with like with Amazon Prime and Netflix, it's like, do I need a third? <laughs> but Disney Plus would be um, the kind of one. It's got the variety. Yeah, it's got so the catalog. I I bought I sort of subscribed to it because it's basically a case of oh, this seems like there's a lot of things here, and there's sort of I've there's a bunch of Disney back catalog movies I've not seen, so this seems like the perfect thing to do, particularly given the certain circumstances that's happening at this moment in time. And it was just a case of, oh, cool. So you've got the big, the big marquee stuff. Obviously, you've got the Mandalorian, you've got the Simpsons, uh, you've got the, the Disney and Pixar back catalogue. So I was just looking through, going, okay, okay, that makes sense. Oh, they actually have the new series of Ducktales on here, as in the oh. the reboot, uh, as well as the original nineteen nineties one. David Tennant. Yeah, with the one with Dave Tennant, and yeah. You, Anything with David Tennant in, I would sort of just go, yeah, I'd give it a shot. And, yeah, it's a uh, 2017 DuckTales series onwards. 
that's it's a really good kids show. It's actually a really good show. Full stop. Um, the voice actors are all pretty um, true to their roles. Um, something that I didn't realise. Uh, ben Schwartz makes a return to this podcast because he actually voices one of the triplets, uh, Dewey. Yep, uh, I think oh. it's Huey. Is that a uh, Huey or uh, Dewey? I think it's Dewey, actually, because I think it's the... Is he's it Dewey? Oh, right. Basically, the... Bl- basically it was the, one of them. Basically, the blue duck. <laughs> one of the three. So the blue duck is also the voice of the blue hedgehog. Coincidence? <laughs> I mean, I would say uh, yes, but... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Uh, consp- conspiracies in you know animation that's eh, it's it, it it's a uh, commonplace nowadays <laughs> true true but no it's uh, a really solid really solid animation uh, they actually managed to expand on the whole sort of um, clan McDuck mythos and such and as well as paying homage to a whole bunch of other references not only the original cartoon series but also life and time Scrooge McDuck which was the original comic um, that was released that basically inspired the original TV series, so there was lots of that as well. And yeah, it's something I would sort of recommend that you enjoy if you just like general comedy uh, adventure shows. Um, but yeah, there's well on top of on top of uh, all this the kind of like uh, Disney Pixar movies that I haven't yet seen, like I, I haven't seen Coco and whatnot. Mm. You now have probably sold me Disney Plus now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yes, not only that, but also all of the '90s stuff that you remember. So they have Recess on there. Oh, wow. that's a yeah. Um, quite possibly one of the best TV shows from way back was just basically Saturday morning on CITV. It was Recess, and that. Was, oh yeah, I remember Recess. Uh, that was mm. the big thing when when I was young. Um, yeah, but yeah, you've got all the other things: Chip and Dale, uh, Rescue Rangers. You've got more of the modern stuff as well: Phineas and Ferb. Um, Do they have the Muppet thing. Show? They don't have the Muppet Show, but they have the Muppet movies. No, I'm not impressed. Need the Muppet Show? Well, I have uh, to be honest. I haven't checked to see if the Muppet Show is there, but they do <laughs> have the movies. I was gonna say, I was gonna say, if they've got a Christmas, ca- uh, like a Muppet Christmas Carol on there, you're sold. Come on. <laughs> everyone, everyone loves the Muppets Christmas Crown. Muppet Actually. Treasure Island. I mean, it's got Tim Curry Treasure in it. Island. Anything with Tim Curry in it is worth a laugh. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, no, that's. If you like your animation, if you like um, something a bit more. Uh, something a bit more sort of family friendly rather than the sort of the stuff on Netflix, Amazon Prime, Disney Plus is certainly something to uh, look into. Particularly if you just want that nostalgia hit of uh, of uh, of the shows from the from yesteryear. Um, yeah, that's the main thing. Uh, also, technically something I've been watching for a while back, but something that may interest you people on yet another streaming service because I think this is the topic of this uh, this podcast. Um, oh, I'm sure Ke- I'm sure Kevin's got a really good one, uh, you know, uh, for the for the show's title <laughs> this this month. Um, uh, that's on the UK TV player, which is basically uh, an amalgamation of a whole bunch of um, show, uh, a whole bunch of channels under the UK TV banner, which is a series of channels on the on the UK which covers stuff like Dave, uh, Alibi, Home, really the, the kind of general stuff. So, oh, here's the Home Improvement Channel, here's the Comedy Channel, here's the Lifestyle Channel, that that kind of thing. Um, one that sort of has definitely sort of taken popularity recently has been Taskmaster which as a game show um, aficionado really sort of 
zones into that. So, if you don't know, Taskmaster has been going for the past couple of years, and it's effectively five comedians get given a task to do. Or, sorry, a series of tasks each episode. So, they could range from the mundane, such as take this five-pound note from under this full pint glass without spilling any water. And they have to go away, and they have to go do that, and fast person who does it wins the task. To ridiculously complicated and elaborate things, such as one, uh, such as a choose your own adventure, done in the form of separate tasks. So you could choose to do task A or task B, and then that would splinter into different subtasks and everything else. <laughs> and basically, the person who solves the final task first wins. Um, and basically, it's a really good. Uh, panel show where it's just a case of here are five completely different people let's see how they tackle this very simple task and it's ridiculous how some of their minds go some of them go for the straight literal uh, um, interpretation some of them go think outside the box and some of them just do stuff that are absolutely ridiculous that you just can't help but laugh out loud at the how they managed to try and do something uh, I think a prime example was that um, one series they had Mel Gedroyk, who used to do uh, The Great British Bake Off, which is one of the big shows in the UK uh, at the minute. Um, basically, her first task was destroy destroy a cake, best destruction wins. She just looked at it, <laughs> hit it, turned it over, smushed it and went, done. And this was just after she had announced that she had left the Bake Off um, <laughs> <laughs> Probably quite cathartic for her then. <laughs> quite yeah. yes. Um, the irony, the irony was, was that on that series she was with Noel Fielding. Oh, who is the new host of? Uh... I do like him. Yes, yes. Um, but yeah, if you have access to the UK TV streaming service or you have access to the Dave channel on TV, go look up Taskmaster. It's fantastic. I believe it's actually going to get migrated over to Channel Four at some point. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I was like, whenever I did say whenever I was like visiting my mum's and like flicking through the freeview channels, I did sometimes see Taskmaster, but I never quite. It never quite took my fancy at the time. Cause it never quite. I didn't know what it was, but yeah, it, have to it's effectively just, on it next time. it's effectively just sort of do a task, best interpretation of the task wins, and it can always be sort of done to the whim of the uh, the host, which is Greg Davis. Uh, comedian and best known for being that tall teacher from the Inbetweeners. Uh, so yeah, well worth seeking if you enjoy your panel shows, your comedy shows, your game shows with a bit of an anarchic uh, twist. I'll just stick with challenge, really. <laughs> <laughs> Fair dude. Old school, uh, old school uh, reruns of Nightmare is all good for me. Takeshi's uh, Castle all the way. <laughs> Robot Wars. They have Robot Wars on there. Uh, fair enough. Anyway, um, I think we should uh, move on to uh, what we did in the world of gaming, I think. And who better to start this off with um, our resident uh, gamer who was off last month, uh, being at a certain event, uh, uh, just on the cusp before everything went to hell and uh, everything <laughs> shut down yeah, and whatnot. Much. Good yeah, so he was lucky enough to be at this event, uh, being out of uh, PAX East. It was. Yep. I should point out at this point that I was working there, so um, I didn't get masses of time to play games, but there was a few I managed to get a hold of, which... Um, excuse me. Uh, there were certainly some 
interesting ones. I pretty much stuck to the smaller indie devs and mostly the ones I could get on that didn't have much of a queue or uh, uh, basically that were available for me to play. Uh, so one of the first ones I got to try, and I'm having to look up the name of this because it's just come on Steam as well. Uh, I think it's pronounced Gestalt Steam and Cinder. So it's a 2D platforming hack and slash game. Uh, Metroidvania, I'm sure people will compare it to. But it's got a mm. really beautiful animation and art style to it. Um, it's it's basically a steampunk it's in a steampunk kind of aesthetic, but your character gets a sword and a gun. Um, but you have to remember to reload your gun, so you can't just go continuously blat blatting. Um, only... is, is this on a 2D plane? Yes. It's... Okay, so it's the 2D version of uh, Bloodborne then? Yeah, actually. Um, <laughs> it's not quite as dark as Bloodborne. Uh, the main protagonist, protagonist has some very bright red hair. Um, but... Uh, I had a brief go on it. I quite enjoyed my time with it. Had a nice chat to the developers. Um, full disclosure, it's being published by a publishing company that I do work with um, through something else. It's not the company I work for, though. So, uh, All right. But, Five degrees of Kevin Bacon. Yeah, that kind of stuff. But that's how I got to go on it the day before the show opened. <laughs> so, no, that's good, then. Um that's what, it's nice to be, you know, all friends in the industry. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I had a short go on that. The other one, other one that I had a short go on, I think most of the other ones I had goes on were sequels. So the first one was 30XX, the sequel to 20XX, uh, unbelievably. Mm. Um, it's that uh, Mega Man X style, kind of like platform shooter. Yes, I so think. this one, much much more heavy Mega Man X influence. They've gone mm. back to doing a pixel art style. They are... Um, uh, but uh, the short demo I had, it only just got announced like a week before PAX, and it already feels so good. Um, it feels a lot more control-wise solid than the previous game. And... I think I was. I think I was hearing it uh, way way before PAX. I think I'm sure it was. Uh, there was talk about it way before it, but uh, I, I can tell you exactly maybe I'm hearing when things. they announced it actually because um, it will be the latest announcement on the on their Steam page. Uh, they announced hmm. it. I would have thought February thirteenth. <laughs> Oh well, there you go. Because it was about about a month. Uh, I was going to say, oh, I thought I thought I heard about this about like a month ago, and it's like, yeah, it was a month exactly ago. Exactly a month so. ago. So, um, yeah, the devs there were quite friendly chat too. Very brief go on it, but it's the controls feel a lot more solid. I'm not a massive fan of the art style, but I can see why they've gone for it. It's going to be what all the fans want. So that's pretty good. Now you you gotta you gotta please the. Uh, the majority of people who will actually find uh, appeal to um, that that genre essentially because exactly. granted uh, with with all game like even though gaming as a whole is a big kind of like market there's still people who like their certain things and some people are just not going to gravitate to certain gameplay um, uh, kind of like genres uh, as much as the other one whatnot I, I think for, so, I think for them it's more hey 
we managed to get the really hardcore Mega Man fans in for the first one. Let's get the more casual ones in for this next one by making it look mm-hmm. exactly like it, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, the last game I got to try was a game by a company many people will know called The Behemoth. Oh, the um, old Newgrounds guys. Yes. Yeah, uh, um, Castle Crashers. Yes. Um, now, this was the first time they were showing this game off. They, I don't think they'd even announced it until just before PAX East. Although, sadly, they also announced it for EGX Rest as well, as being the first place in the UK to play it, which, uh, yeah, that got cancelled. No longer happening. <laughs> yeah, that was a, yeah. Um For those of you who really don't know... Uh, EGX Res has been cancelled. E3 has been postponed. GDC has been postponed. Yeah. Just, 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 just assume anything that was happening within the next three months has been pushed back. UK Games Expo canceled. has been pushed back. Anyway, Game Five is actually a sequel to one of their first games. It is called Alien, Alien. Hominoid Invasion. Oh, oh. I was, I was going to guess Alien Hominoid. Yeah, same here. Yes, it was. <laughs> Well, it was one of their first titles, essentially. Now, it's it, I, it's more of a reimagination of the original, but it plays slightly differently. Um, you kind of get dumped into an area where you then have to do certain missions. Those missions can involve murdering enemies, collecting pickups, uh, tagging or staying next to a human child to probe them, etc. Um, control-wise, it was very solid, although they had a arcade cabinet control system so I'm not sure that's going to quite be the same at home um, their stand was beautiful by the way um, it was really nice um, and I was, yeah I imagine, it's, I imagine it's still like quite simple like can D, like a d-pad and like two maybe three buttons is it or uh, no it was proper arcade stick and buttons oh yeah, so all so... those fighting game enthusiasts will be fine then <laughs> but this I think that was just for their demos I think that's it's because yeah. they made everything look like arcade machines because they did the same for Castle Crashers. They did the same for um, the original Alien Hominoid, well, which they had there as well. I was going to say with Castle Crashers, it makes sense because of its multiplayer aesthetic exactly. of being like arcadey. It was very much like a, yeah, it, it was like the old um, uh, like TMNT Golden beat em ups, yeah. Oh, yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so those are the three games that I got some time to play not including ones i was working on because guess what i had to play them a little bit (laughs) Mm -hmm. um you have to you gotta showcase them there yeah it's the first time i've actually been to a pack so um there were some other games that were cool there is one game i wanted to go on and couldn't because they didn't ever open it before uh when they were supposed to open it and that was uh the enter the gungeon house of the gun dead arcade cabinet Oh, it's an arcade uh... cabinet exclusive game, so it's. Yep, I've heard about this. Yeah. They had it there, couldn't play it. Just they wouldn't. They didn't open it before. Op- uh, they didn't open it during the times they were supposed to be opening it, like uh, before the show opened. Um, and yeah, the queue was massive, and I did not have time to wait. So sadly, I didn't even get to see the screen because it was so busy. So that's a shame. Mm. Uh, there were there was a couple of games uh, at PAX East that I would have loved to have uh, seen more of or, or or see myself essentially if I was there. There was a couple of games that had my interest um, that 
Uh, also have some special editions in the US, you lucky buggers. Lu- <laughs> limited, limited run games. I hate them so much because they come out oh, yes. with some of these, these exactly cool which shit. Stand you mean, along with well, I'm talk- well, I'm talking about two two games specifically. Uh, being that of uh, Streets of Rage 4. Oh, yeah. uh, they have that uh, going in. And their collected edition uh, at Limited Run Games, I hate them so much because I want it. And I want it so bad, but they don't have a... It's obviously going to cost me so much money to get it sent over into the UK. Yes, and give me uh, a chat later. I might be able to sort something with you on that one. <laughs> yeah, well, thank you. Uh, and the other one being uh, Shantae and the Seven uh, Sirens, um, which just uh, got um, officially a date... For the normal release release. on standard consoles. Yeah, and uh, of course it's got a limited run version of that. Yeah, I don't think either of those games were being sold at the event, to be fair. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, I know know WayForward at PAX, they had some uh, goodies. Well, WayForward were actually hosting limited run game stand. So Ah, um, it was all one stand. Um, I don't know if they actually had... Shantae and the Seven Sirens there to be playable. I don't think they did. Um, uh, and if they did, it would be just uh, part one of the Apple Arcade version. Exactly, because that's already uh, out. Version. Um, yeah. Streets Rage 4 was there. I I was lucky enough that I actually got to play that at last year's EGX very, very briefly. Um, mm. Oh, uh, I, I could definitely say uh, based on the first trailer, the initial reveal trailer, compared to all the material that's been released now, mm. it's, oh, it's definitely there's been much big differences uh with its um um style and uh gameplay and whatnot since that initial reveal so yeah. uh but i'm hope i'm i'm still being uh hopeful for how it's gonna play and feel like and whatnot i think it'll be it'll be fine but yeah that that's i mean there's loads of other stuff that i could talk to pax east it was a, it's easily the biggest games convention i've been to it's way bigger than anything like egx in the UK, mm-hmm. uh, despite it now being owned by the same company, I believe. Um, mm. But yeah, it was a fascinating event. I managed to come out of it with not getting any kind of illness, which is fairly impressive. <laughs> I didn't even get any mm-hmm. con flu. That's good. I've never, I've never got con flu somehow. So been lucky. Yeah, uh, lucky and somewhat probably just my very, resi- just very large amount of resilience. Um, yeah. I've, I've been 50-50 myself I, there was one other game that I got a brief chance to play but it wasn't a new game and I only did it to get a t-shirt so <laughs> and that was Final <laughs> Fantasy XIV they, they had a challenge to beat the new um, super boss in the game which I'm not going to mention because Ian has not got that far yet oh I know what it <laughs> is because you mentioned it. it well I mean it was in all the marketing materials so it's kind of hard to avoid I guess Yes, I beat the ruby weapon, and all I got was the snazzy t-shirt coupon. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, yes. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, that that was PAX East. It's the first PAX I've ever been to. I'll be interested to see how that continues in the future. Aye. I look forward to if ever there's any more kind of like um, video game conferences that uh, you go to down the line. We'll probably hear some more. But uh, for this month, this month. In the way of like game releases and whatnot, there was only like two major releases uh, that were overshadowing everyone else. Okay, yeah, I was gonna say there was actually for mm. four major releases. Plus, oh, there was four major no, releases. Five. It's just two of them. Just, 
Okay, then five then. But it was just two specifically this month that everyone was obviously <laughs> on the same going day. On about. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, on the same. Well, you say on the same day. Actually, one of them came out two days prior. Uh, yeah, uh, that's well. That was because of all this. It, uh, yeah, because like, of all that's yes. happening. They officially came out on the same day. <laughs> yes. Some some places did release it early due to minimizing um, minimizing people crowds. Yeah, crowds. Uh, I think I think you mean maximizing profits. No, it was there's, there was a couple of reasons for it, but part of it was to <laughs> minimize the amount of people coming into a store at the same time. Um, mm. Although if you bought yeah. the PC version, you still had to wait till Friday to play it. Oh yeah, yeah. All the all the people who were buying digital versions of these games obviously still had to wait until day day yeah, off day of uh, those those releases. So yeah, you, you were out of luck with. Uh, well, on that. I still got the actual physical because um, I, I bought a physical quote unquote version of the PC version, which came with the steel book. You guys should actually mention what the game is because <laughs> we've actually referred to it a lot, but we've not actually said what it is. Yeah, well, we're getting to it. We're getting to it. Hold your horses. But um, but no. Um, well, we'll. Get... Aye. So the game, the games we're talking about, obviously, is Doom Eternal and Animal Crossing: New Horizons. Those both came out on the twentieth, uh, officially. But uh, Doom Eternal, uh, Bethesda gave uh, the the UK retailer game. Uh, the gr- the green light to release the game two days ahead of uh, actually schedule. they gave all UK retailers the uh, approval for it I believe all right okay then so uh, all the right, so all the UK re- retailers uh, the green light to release the game two days early to avoid uh, you know con- congestion uh, uh, congestion like yeah yeah congestion yeah there we go that's what <laughs> my words they not work um, they uh, so uh, so. Like my uh, for myself and Josh and whatnot, we got the game physically early. Yeah, you say uh, say that you open orders. the box and it's a paper cutout of a disc with the code on top of it. Okay, you see that's that's your PC version. Me, obviously, I had the PS4 version, so I was able to play straight out, no problem, no questions asked. So long as I install a, uh, I've forgotten how long it was. I think it was like a gig and a half. A fairly gig, chunky patch. Gig and, <laughs> Yeah, I patch. I day one patch, as you yeah. usually do with these games. It's always the case. Um, and uh, of course, if you want to see my kind of like uh, viewpoint on um, uh, the game, uh, you can just rewatch uh, uh, my streams on it uh, on my Twitch channel, Twitch.tv forward slash Turbo Drive Live, because I actually streamed the entire game from start to finish of doing uh, the platinum uh, trophy for that game uh, over. What was it? Six days of streaming. I'm gonna say that's kind so, of why I avoided yeah. your stream. <laughs> no, I can't blame you, um, because you you know some people just don't want to be spoiled on anything. So it's only fine, but um, nevertheless, uh, and uh, of course, in light of that kind of like thing, I do plan, and I don't know when I'm gonna be starting this uh, down the line, but I'll announce it here on this podcast here. That there will hopefully there'll be a new podcast as part of the last minute continue th- feed of podcasts uh, where we'll start a new show called the Platinum Pursuits podcast. Uh, it'll be uh, me talking about um, platinum trophies for games, and the first subject of that will be that of Doom Eternal. So obviously, 
you know, we'll talk more about it in, in that aspect, you know, in a future uh, new show. But uh, in terms of game, Josh, you have obviously been playing it. So how much have you done and uh, what's so your So I've thoughts? completed the game. I have mastered every weapon, mm-hmm. gotten every secret. So pretty much 100%. Um, <laughs> Good. There's still a few back-end like, unlockables and stuff like completing the game one ultra nightmare which is never going to happen um <laughs> no definitely not <laughs> it's like trust me i when i played it on uh hurt me plenty which is like the default difficulty that starts that highlights first first time around i was dying a lot <laughs> like i, mean, I was I, I, not I think, working well isn't hurt me plenty like equivalent of like hard on other games no it is medium uh is that yeah, it's nice. Yeah, Ultra Violent is now hard. I, I think you're thinking original Doom here, where Hurt Me Plenty was the kind of medium hard was... mode. Yeah, mm-hmm. there, was, there was like a, there was like a very easy. Yeah, like it was. Easy, I, I, it was. I'm too young to die. Yeah, ouch, that hurts. Hurt, hurt Me Plenty. plenty. Uh, Ultra Violent. I think Nightmare. it was one between Hurt Me Plenty and Ultra Violent. I'm not sure. It's been I, a while since the last I know it was five no, difficulties. I know that. I'm pretty was sure it it's six? six in the original. I, mm, okay. Mm, you've got me doubting it now. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, so I actually played it all on ultraviolent just because I played the previous one on ultraviolent and that was the difficulty I enjoyed the most. Um, mm. So what is it? I'm going to let you go first, Turbo. What, what were your thoughts on it? I'll say that uh, now. I've I've also been seeing a lot of tweets from a another uh, an indie developer that I know, uh, uh, Sam from uh, Freak Zone Games. Uh, he's been talking about it and whatnot. And some of the stuff that he's been at, talking about on on social media, I kind of agree. Uh, the the ammo pool to start you off in the game is very minuscule, and it it, it like how in the original game in like the 2016 version. Where you had the chainsaw to use as a last last reserve uh, or last resort, sorry, uh, to get back any ammo that you've now depleted and whatnot from enemies and stuff like that. In this game, is way too heavily, in, uh, you know, needed in gameplay. You have to use it every uh, every single time. And even though it regenerates, like it regens the 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 one slot. Of, yeah, if you, um, if, you um, uh, if you've chainsaw. used all your chainsaw. So you can hold three chainsaw ammo bulks, basically. Yeah. Um, if you use all three, because bigger enemies take three to use it, and the biggest enemies now can't be chainsawed, um, you will recharge up to that first one, just because you no longer have a pistol-type weapon with infinite ammo. So that is your only lifeline if you run out of ammo. Hmm. And I feel so that just it, it it kind of it's like I'm not hating the game for that. I'm just I'm just disappointed. So I I'm, <laughs> I'm like, definitely uh, on the same level with you here. I feel the 2016 one did a better job. Yeah, I think the the this uh, Eternal great for the hardcore fans. Great for those people who love a challenge and love to be inundated with like. De- you know demons to slaughter and uh you know be like the these um you know you know masters of you know uh evasion and 
uh, weapon management and stuff like that. I'm not that gamer. I'm not that. I'm not that. Dem I'm not your audience for that. I loved Doom 2016. I loved that game so much. I gave it my game of the I think year. So did I, didn't I? That year. Aye. So oh, you should know you were with us. But <laughs> yeah, know, but I'm, I'm saying probably is the answer because I think that was. Yeah. And it just boggles the mind. It's like I thought Eternal would be an equal to that thing, but it's not. It's slightly so here's, below. So here's what my theory of it is. Um, so the big thing is they've reduced all of the pools of stuff to force you to switching weapons and to use all the mechanics in the game. You know, use your flamethrower to get armor, use your grenades at regular intervals, that kind of stuff. And it's now a purposeful flow that they force you into, and including certain enemies can only be damaged by, particularly by certain weapons. So um, mm. one of but, the first bosses but that it's is also a regular enemy you're basically told if you don't use the plasma rifle you are going to have a bad time and it just mm -hmm. railroads you into going you have to do it this way or else you're going to suffer and that's it just yeah. stopped the, i think for me the big thing is they've gone from 2016 where it was about play your way play the game how you want to play it we're just providing the enemies yeah. for you to shoot etc but we'll give you all these options mm -hmm. you have to work for some of those options but they're there. Whereas the twenty six, uh, sorry, mm -hmm. the Doom Eternal has basically gone. Okay, well, we gave you that freedom, but it makes it harder for us to really make challenges. So now we're going to railroad you, and you have to use this setup, and you have to play the way we want you to play, and you have to like it. And that, for me, is the big. Problem. Yeah, I totally agree. That I I totally agree with that. Uh, I and uh, another aspect on that factor is that. Hey, we got all this cool stuff we want you to use. Use all of it. There's too much there to manage. Like, you got frag grenades, ice grenades, flamethrower, uh, blood punches, um, you know, all the weapons. Uh, you know, so you got the plasma rifle, shotgun, super shotgun, um, assault rifle, chain gun, uh, uh, what was it, rocket launcher, and all of their mods. It is so much to remember. And granted, I'm on the I'm on the spectrum, but even I can't remember that crap uh, all in all all together and whatnot. And you you could see it in my playthroughs and whatnot. I would constantly forget that I had this, that, and the next thing in my arsenal, and I I keep forgetting to use them because I'm too in inundated and stressing in the in the fights. Do you know what it reminds to, me of? Go on. Do you yeah. remember trying to get like a high score combo in the Batman Arkham games, like especially in the later oh, ones? Yes. Yeah. Where it's like, okay, so you got to you got to use your batarang, then you got to use the grapple to pull them in. You want to do a quick flip and a uh, a disarm combo, then jump over, hit him with a thing, put down some explosive, put that off, uh, uh, freeze grenade, throw that, the triple freeze grenade. I hate batarang. that. Uh, it's I like, hate it, it, that with the combat. And that and that is exactly what this is like. Where it's like you've got to to get to do the best. You've got to be able to know all the combos, all the buttons, or See, switch I would all agree of your weapons. with one slight difference in the fact that this game forces you into it. It doesn't... It's not yeah. a if you yeah, want to true. play the best, you have to do that. This one goes, if you don't do it, you are going to lose. Especially on the harder difficulties. Yeah. And the the mm. only real saving yeah. grace is the big thing... Because you now have a much reduced health and armor pool. Um, the one thing they've introduced is extra lives which you can go back and farm. 
but it kind of just feels like that's their excuse of, oh, this is for people who aren't good enough. It does, the big problem with Doom Eternal is it doesn't make you feel good about surviving stuff. Whereas with 2016, if you once you manage to feel super-powered, you felt good about just being able to wipe a room without really worrying about anything. With Doom Eternal, you're always on that stress precipice of, okay, I've got to keep moving, got to keep doing it. And if you lose a life, it's, a oh, shit. And it's not... Mm-hmm. And when you get through the encounter, it's, finally, it's over. It's... it's Doom Eternal is very much a game where they've... As, as I said before, they've torn it down to its uh, basic... To basically say, you will play it the way we want you to play it, or else... The other thing someone else pointed out to me is that they've tried to go... 2016 kind of took a little bit of it in stride, so it it let it play fun at itself a little bit. This new one takes itself very seriously. There's a couple of, like, nods and winks to the old series, but, like, there's massive codex entries for every enemy that give you hints on how you're supposed to kill them, and the the storyline is taken very serious it's yeah i mean grant granted there is just um doom eternal is more it's more lore yeah. more references more things more ammo more enemies more it's just more upon more upon more and it can really it could just be over daunting and the... really I, and granted i love it all it's just oh wait don't get me wrong Dial it I back enjoyed a bit. the game. I definitely enjoyed the game. It's just not as good as the 2016 one. And um, the yeah. the prime examples for it are the first one is the Marauder, which is an enemy who you mm. can oh, only yeah. attack at certain points, and you can only use mm. certain weapons to deal damage because you can only hit him once before he goes back into a defensive mm-hmm. state. You can't use your super weapons mm. on him. I did find there were some tricks you could do to shoot him with grenades, but. Um, it's an enemy that the game basically goes, you will fight it the way we want you to fight it, and that is the only way we'll let you do it. And that yeah. that just... And that is... Yeah, it it, it ties your it, hands. It's, it stops you it. having and the freedom it, the original game was, where you go, okay, you've done this challenge to earn a ruin. The ruins are still in the game, but they're much less powerful than they were in the original. In the original, it's like, mm-hmm. here's a ruin. If you master it, you can have unlimited ammo as long as you stay healthy. yeah, And you felt mm-hmm. really good about keeping that up. This one doesn't have anything mm. like that. It's always trying to make you feel like you're in danger. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 it try, it, uh, many people are probably saying, oh, but you got the cheats that you can find in the game. It's like, yeah, but they're only good when, after you've beaten a level, they're only yeah. usable doesn't help uh, in replay. Yeah, it doesn't help for the current situation that you're going through. It's not like you can find the unlock, uh, you can find the cheat code that gives you unlimited ammo and then use that to, to beat the rest of the game. No, you can't do that. Also, I find it slightly funny that one of the big one of the other changes they've done with this game is they've redesigned some of the monsters to be closer to the original appearance in most cases and introduced mm-hmm. some more that were interesting yeah, so- game too, like the Arachnatron, the... Um, uh, Pain, Pain Elemental, Elemental. Archvile, which, uh, uh, ironically enough, the Archvile, which is one of the most pain in the butt enemies from Doom Two, not so bad in this one. Yep. 
Not compared to the Marauder or the Doom Hunter. Yeah, though, the, no, no. I was gonna say though, those newer enemies were more a pain than the uh, the old enemies from yeah. the original game. And so. like, the problem is like the newer ones they introduced. The Marauder is a pain. The Doom Hunter is a pain. The one with two blades on its arms was just meh. The snake ones were eh, just annoying. The whiplashes. Um, yeah. They've redesigned the Baron of Hells to now have blades on their arms. It's like, that one was in the 2016 one as they were in the original, which is a bit odd. And the Cyber Demon from the original games has been renamed uh, in this one because we have already technically have a Cyber Demon in this cabinet uh, to just be called the Tyrant. He's not, well, aye, he's he's not wearing a fedora and uh, a trench coat or <laughs> uh, or or uh, any bin bags. True, but so, it, but uh, it is just a yeah. renamed Cyber Demon from the original game. They are just and and the thing is, the tool tip on them of how to beat them is shoot him, shoot it until hi, shoot it until it dies. That's that's the only t- uh, and it's a throwback to uh, how it was uh, yeah. back in the day. Where in with the original Cyber Demon is just shoot it I mean, until to be it fair, dies. You kind of do that with case. the one in twenty sixteen one as well. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, is it a bad game? No, not at all. It's still a good game. It I still enjoyed it. It just doesn't feel as good as the twenty sixteen one. Will it make my top five games mm. of the year? I... Probably, to be quite frank. Um but yeah, I I I uh, it's good, it's not amazing. Yeah, we still got nine months left of the year. I, I think we'll we might have uh, you know something uh, to contend. I with don't it think it's going to be my number um, one. I think I'm already going to have a game that's going to beat it. No, I think I think uh, that'll be uh, that's uh, gotta be true on that. Um, although I'll tell you one thing, uh, the helmet in the collector edition is awesome. <laughs> I couldn't afford that edition. <laughs> Oh, on a side note, thank you to my postman who actually opened the package up so that he could fit it through my post box because um, in its original state it wouldn't have fit in. So he opened it up and put all the components in my mailbox separately so it would fit in. <laughs> that, oh, that's well, it's, be- it's because oh, yeah, the um, po- postal collection service isn't accepting people anymore. So if I'd had to have waited for months to get it. Yeah, and I, I think he recognised when it's got game on the front of the box, it's something I probably want before a couple of months. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At least he had the foresight of doing that for you, so that's good. Good postmen tend to be a little bit more smart about what they do. Yeah, hmm. I, I was gonna say good smart, uh, good postmen, not uh, you know ones that just go by and just do do it willy nilly and just follow the rules and whatnot. Anyway, um, so with all that doomage there, I I don't know if uh, John or Ian, you've not played it at all. No, not touched no, uh, Doom, uh, not yet. Yeah, but have you played the new other release that came out? Uh, Animal uh, Crossing. I know it's on my to buy list, but unfortunately, I have a game of lists as long as my arm at the minute, and I kind of don't yeah, want to have like... the time sink of Animal Crossing coupled <laughs> with everything else that's happening at the minute. No, um, yeah. So you're a, you're a busy one at the moment, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. I've got tons of stuff, and actually, potential contender for game of the year for me is coming out in a couple of days, and that is Persona Five Royal. 
I mean, that's slightly cheating because that's a re-release, really. Uh, it's fine. It, it's fine. Well, it's it's in the same vein as uh, Persona 4 Golden, where it introduces a new character and it has some new scenarios and stuff like that. True, so, true. They've also yeah. updated the script as well to iron out some of the problems that the original one had. Um, so it's gonna. Be... Yeah, was, I've been seeing some I, news reports I'm on tempted, that one. I've been so tempted to get it, and then I keep going. Do I really want to play through Persona 5 again already? And unfortunately, yes. my answer is no. I feel it's too soon for me to replay it again. Uh, understandable. Um, yeah, Persona's uh, one of those game series where sort of you either sort of you sort of get into it and then you sort of have a little break and then you get into it. And because I've not touched it for a good while, so I think it's nice to sort of dive back into it and see where, where everything is. Um, but I think I just yeah, need that's... a bit more time. I think I like in a year's time I might be ready for it, but mm. right now I've... I mean, there's another big JRPG looming in two weeks' time that I'm also True. like... Huh. True, but that but that one's going to... That's well, on my... Ne- next month's going to be good. Yeah, then. well, that's on my to get at some point in the near future list because, much as I love Final Fantasy, seven, uh, seven's kind of an... I, I feel ambivalent towards it. I can understand that seven's a sort of really good story, really well structured and such, but there's parts of it that I just feel mm, I, it's not me. Well, I'd say it, 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 they've, they've changed a lot, so who knows, maybe I'll buy I would still out. definitely try the demo out. Oh, yeah, I would certainly agree as well. I've tried the demo and see if it suits, see if the new gameplay style suits you, but in all honesty, I'd probably want to wait until part two gets released. Uh... <laughs> You might be waiting for uh, a while then. What about part three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, and twelve? <laughs> well, I've played through many years of Kingdom Hearts. I think I can wait through that. <laughs> Fair. Um, yeah, I, I'm actually kind of in the same boat that I don't think I'll get it on launch, just because I've got too much stuff to do and I've already got too many games to play. I'm looking forward to seeing what Final Fantasy VII, the new Final Fantasy, will be, but I think I'm actually going to wait till it goes on sale. Um, before I jump in, uh, anything else? Uh, uh, the rest of you guys have played Shadow Fox. Have you played the new Microsoft game that came out? Uh, I'm gonna ask you which one that oh, is. Yeah, there were two big ones. No. Wasn't there? <laughs> we, oh yeah. We, I, I, I've kind of not been paying too much okay. attention. To it's not Bleeding Edge, which came out. No, this I've, week. I've, 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 yeah, I've been seeing a lot of Bleeding Edge, but I've, I've not actually looked at it. I've no idea. The what other it is. one is Ori and the Will of the Wisp. On my list of things to buy. Yeah, yeah same I here. Got, that was the reason. No, I mean, this month, honestly, it's been uh, new coats of paint on old things. Destiny had its new update a couple of weeks back, which, guess what, is more Destiny. <laughs> Some new new fun things, new problem things. It's just, but it's still just Destiny. So Stick with what you know. <laughs> I mean, like it's like it's like I said before, Destiny's like this baseline of just solid, good game. <laughs> Some of the, some of the, and there are some nice frills on it, and some of the frills are a bit tatty. But all in all, the ball, the, the thing itself is completely solid. So I don't mind just going back to that every so. The other thing. one I think a lot of people um, have forgotten is Neo Two. Neo Two, yeah, I um, that that did fly under the radar on a lot, a lot of people who people who love their Souls games. You know, Neo Neo was a, a nice alternative to uh, done by and Team Ninja. Was well received. Oh yes. Neo, mm. not Neo. <laughs> N-I-O-H as opposed to N-E-O. Yeah. Y- yes. yes. I, I've still yet to play the original, so the original one's got to come first for me. 
Yeah, I've got the original. Yeah, Actually, enough. no, you can play the second game because it's a prequel to the. I know, but I'd like to play the first one first. Is all I mean. Um, I'll, I'd like uh, to play I'd, the first one and on, experience it. I've got it on PS Plus, so that's uh, again another thing on the. Oh God, the yeah, playlist. I do have it. So, I think I have it on PC <laughs> as well. I think I think my uh, my Xbox uh, Ultimate's running out or run out. So I think I've uh, I'd have to double check see if there's anything worth on that because. I was playing Monster Hunter on that, but then I bought Monster Hunter on Steam during the sale, uh, so I played a bit of that I'm again. Te I'm tempted to get <laughs> that I... as well, but I, I don't have the time commitment. I've already got one MMO I'm playing. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's, it's not really MMO, it's, it, it, but it, it is requires just a pure grind fest, though. Dedication. It, it's, it's, the game is not an MMO, it's a grind <laughs> game, which a lot of MMOs are, but still. And I say the only things I've been playing again, like uh, Ark Survival Evolved, had a update as well, new map Genesis, which is more of a, like a PVE map. It's got it's like it's like there's a map with five different zones, and then you have to um in each of the zones there are missions. So there's like races, there's tracking missions, there's collection missions, there's battle arena missions. There's just like so while you've got these dinosaurs running around, it's and like players trying to kill you, you're trying to do these things. Of course, it was busted as hell, and had to go th and has gone through so many patches. Like they accidentally removed entire saddles from dinos <clears> that you could unlock by so leaving them entirely worthless. Uh, and some of the missions were physically impossible to do <laughs> because of the time limits they gave you. Kind of, kind of reminds me of the so, whole bobby pin situation with Fallout seventy six. Oh yeah, like no, Wildcard have nothing on Bethesda. Like Bethesda mess up, but they have lots of money. Wildcard. Are greedy and mess up still, but other than that, Stellaris had an update as well. Federations no longer has end game lag or as much as it did, which is a fantastic news because that was the biggest problem. Was that by the time you got like 200 years into the game, it would start lagging like every day that would tick by, would take by would just be painful. And, oh, uh, I don't, I don't talk to me about lag. I just recently just finished up uh, Halo Combat Evolved on my. Uh, let's play streams and uh, the last couple of levels oh I had to deal with some really bad Xbox original lag yeah uh, those ones are really <laughs> going through the, the problem is they, they're pushing really for everyone to be getting an X and... well no well that that was just me playing through on the emulation through the 360 oh so, I see oh yeah. uh, that's a different problem yeah. actually to I... be fair yeah yeah so. I, I say I'm, I've got to play through that on a uh, playing that on PC, so hopefully it'll be a little Master bit more. Master Chief Collection, um, MCC. It's uh, yeah. Then we've got Halo Two coming out, which is arguably the Xbox's the Xbox Live's savior. Cause <laughs> it, it's the game that launched Xbox Live. It, to be yeah. fair, even though it wasn't officially, it, it to was. To be fair, it was the, the game that set the standard for what a live service should be. It was because yeah, back cause it, back on the Xbox there was no like friends list. It was all done in each game individually. Yeah. But Halo Two is pretty much what Xbox Live is now. <laughs> and to be fair, PlayStation had to take lessons from it, mm. and Steam to a certain extent. Yep, Blizzard. Uh, yeah, Activision Blizzard's their service is still behind with weird. Um, the fact that you can the friends lists are regional. That's dumb. Games are regional. Servers are regional. That's dumb. Well, ser servers and, make uh, more sense for the type of games they make, to be fair. 
Yeah, but it means that you have, it's like you have to physically switch. So like, I, I can't if I want to play Overwatch with someone in America. Yeah, I have to switch my server and for have something a different like Overwatch. I agree. That should dumb. not be the yeah, case. That's that shouldn't be the case. For something um, like WoW, I, mean, I don't. It makes more yeah, sense. I mean, yeah, may, may, maybe uh, still I don't touch Activision any, anymore, so I'm fine with that. And then obviously Nintendo is Nintendo, Nintendo is in. Nintendo. They keep going along <laughs> at their own pace. They don't really care what anyone else thinks. And yeah, <laughs> I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of Nintendo, um, but yeah, the online services are kind of N- kind, N- kind of Nintendo bad. are playing it. Yeah, they're in their own. They're, they're playing in their own pool, and it's fine. They can do what they want, and they're doing it very well. People just throw money at them anyway. <laughs> yeah, but I, but their online services uh, have always been ge- like generations behind. I, I remember when I had the uh, DS, I had to get a separate dongle to actually do online play for it because it was because it was all done through the, the GameSpy stuff uh, and of course with that going under and such DS Wi-Fi uh, DS uh, Wi-Fi compatibility over the internet, completely dead but, you know, getting it, getting everything else getting it all like 95% right as a company, that's not bad yeah, true, <laughs> true so there's one other new game that I've played this month. It only came out in the in the last week. It came out Thursday, I think, actually. But it's a free-to-play mobile game. It also has a stupidly Ooh, long I... title. I think I know what this is. It is called War of the Visions Final Fantasy Brave Xperius. To put it simply, it is a kind of semi-sequel of two different games mashed together. It's a sequel to the original Final Fantasy Tactics and a sequel to Final Fantasy Brave Xvius, which is a mobile game, smashed into one. So it still has the um, grid-based strategic combat of um, Final Fantasy Tactics. There's some really nice improvements that they've done into the system, which is really good. Unfortunately, it's also got the free-to-play systems of Brave Xvius, and they are horrible, <laughs> to put it nicely. Um, it is... You think MMO grinding is bad. You don't know anything yet. Uh, it takes... There are four different ways you can level up your characters. Five, sorry. Different ways you can level up your characters. Four of them require you to get resources, which you can either grind for or pay money for. Mm-hmm. I I love the art. The art style in the game is really nice. The music's quite nice. But I don't think I'm going to be playing with it too much because it is just requires you to put so much time and energy and grinding into it. I've already got another Final Fantasy mobile game, which I think is much better than I play. (laughs) So, uh, it's an interesting one. I'm going to say, if you are a big fan of Final Fantasy Tactics, give it a go. Don't put any money into it. It is a massive money sink. Excuse me. Um, It it sounds very much like Fire Emblem Heroes. It's almost the identical but... kind of model. Um, the combat is a little bit different because uh, the tactics combat is very different. Um, they've got a really nice uh, little element wheel that they show whenever you're attacking, um, which you will probably be quite familiar with um, because it's exactly the same as the Magisites in Final Fantasy um, Record Keeper. Yay! It's it's the same kind of circle of elements. Um, but yeah, that's another new one I played. Um, 
if you want to try it, it's definitely worth trying it this week while they've got free bonus stuff that gets you started easier. But, yeah. Also, I don't like the fact that they give you a free gift character to start with, um, with a starting collab they're doing with Final Fantasy XIV, and the character is really weak, and they require you to pay something in the region of, like, 25 quid just to get her to a point where she's usable with the rest of the team. Jeez. Like... No, I don't have that kind of money to throw around. But yeah, I think that's it for games I've actually played this month. Well, with that all said, uh, I feel as though we should uh, wrap things up for this month's uh, LMC cast. So thanks very much for listening to this. Uh, If you were listening to this via the various uh, methods, either on um, Apple Podcasts or Spotify or anywhere else, or if you were listening this uh, via Radio Sega, thank you for tuning in. Uh, by all means, um, if you're interested to keep up to date with the LMC cast, do give us a follow v- via the stream- streaming services that you listen this to, uh, or just uh, uh, whatever. Or download it. <laughs> or download it, yeah, that's fine. That's good too. And uh, by all means, follow us, uh, or follow The Last Minute Continue uh, as a whole, uh via Twitter at Last Men Continue uh, to keep up to date with uh, everything Last Men Continue related, uh, as well as uh, you know checking us all out uh, individually. Of course, you can find me on Twitter at TurboXLR, as well as my Twitch channel, twitch.tv forward slash TurboDrive Live. Uh, Josh, where can they find uh, you? At Rebellion, I guess. <laughs> I don't give out my personal one. If you want to know what I'm working on, follow my company. Yeah, hi. Best yet. All right, just follow uh, Rebellion's uh, Twitter. You you know Rebellion's tw- uh, you know socials then. So what's that? Just add Rebellion. Add Rebellion. There you go. On Twitter. Very simple. Yeah, there Very you simple. Go. Simple. Um, and uh, Shadow Fox, John, yourself. Yeah, I'll say I don't do that much. The best place to find anything I'm working on would be with these with the LMC in general. So I just hit up their Discord or uh, their Twitter, and you'll probably see me there. Indeed. Yeah. Same pro- Speaking of the Discord, uh, yeah, just uh, join the Discord. A last minute continue Discord. It's easy enough to find. Um, and uh, Random Genius Eon. Yeah, pretty much the same as uh, as uh, Shadow Fox. Anything that I'm sort of going to be doing will be announced primarily through the LMC channels. Uh, particularly the ongoing saga of Bart's and Co. in the Final Fantasy V playthrough that I'm currently. Uh, How much more of that have we got to go? <laughs> You've still got a lot to go. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <Just got. laughs> you really crunched that near the end. And you can check that out on the Last Minute Continue uh, YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash last minute continue. And I believe continue. we have some more goodies from yourself coming out soon as well. Oh, yes. There's plenty more coming from me. So, Like I said, obviously there's going to be uh, um, some stuff on the YouTube channel, some on the podcast feed as well. So be keep your eyes and ears out for all of that. But for now... We'll wrap this up. Um, this has been the month of March 2020 for the Last Minute Continue cast uh, here on uh, lastminutecontinue.com or um, Apple Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to this. Hope you enjoy yourselves. Please be safe during these uh, tough times. Or ho- hopefully things will get better next month. We'll find out in the month of April. And uh, by all means, enjoy Easter when it comes around. Because that's uh, obviously the big, next big holiday for a lot of us. So have celebrate with a lot of chocolate. I actually forgot yourselves. that was coming up. <laughs>
couple of weeks. Yeah, a couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah a couple so. of weeks. And we'll probably reminisce it uh, next month. But anyway, for now, I've been John Torbo Finlay. This has been the Last Minute Continue cast for the month of uh, March 2020. Have yourselves a good one. Take care. See you later. Goodbye. Bye.